Hi, I'm Gandhi Thompson, and welcome to The Soul Story, where we share stories and save souls. Hello again, and thank you for joining another Transformative Soul Care podcast. I'm back with Pastor Ian Ferguson in another soul story, and we're continuing to unpack Joseph's story. Uh, Last week, if you missed it, Pastor Ian shared some powerful nuggets about the history of Joseph. He, He unpacked Genesis 30 for us, and then we moved quickly into Genesis 37, where we talked about Joseph's old, I mean, Joseph's young age. We talked about the fact that he was a dreamer. Uh, Pastor Ian mentioned the importance of mentorship or having an Eli. And we concluded that session about talking about how even though his father may not have fully comprehended all that he was saying, and there was this envy among his brothers, his father kept what he was saying in mind. And so we go back now to siblings' rivalry. We talked about that. I'm not sure if you have a sibling and you're listening. If you do, you know what that is. Ian, Pastor Ian, how many siblings do you have? I have one older brother, and I often say, you know, he had, he was so instrumental in my development uh, as a young man. And then, of course, I have two younger sisters. And so I, I am a middle child. I certainly have middle child syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a real thing, I believe, oh, right? I believe that is a real thing. And so Joseph now, we're going to the part where Joseph is sold into slavery. We understand that his brothers were in Shechem. You know, they were supposed to be there doing some some sheep herding. You know, they were, they were doing their thing. And his father called him. I like, though, the words here that is written in Genesis Um, chapter 37, verse 13, and it says, And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. I I mean, I think it's... What what, what does that say to you? Um, What what other passage of scripture, the here I am, resonates with you? Yeah. I I believe it is a a level of availability that uh, Joseph had. Um, I guess my mind goes to David. Um, immediately, you know, also being called by his father to, in a in similar fashion, go and take care of the needs of, of his siblings uh, who are away in battle. Um, you know, of course, here I am. Lord speak. Uh, mm-hmm. Lord speaks. Certainly speaks to um, Samuel's response to God by the behest of Eli. Back to um, that. So. So here am I, you know, speaks to the availability that we all need to have, the willingness that we need to have uh, to be used by our Father. Um, it should always be our response and not a, you know, running away from God like a, like a brother Jonah. <laughs> and uh, Exactly. And, and I like about that he made himself available. Now, his father was sending him to Shechem. He went there. Uh, he met somebody there that said, hey, your brothers had moved on from here. Your brothers are now in Dothan. And then he goes to Dothan. It, it, when we think about it, and you jumped to it earlier about divine providence or how the story ends, we see how he could not have avoided what was supposed to happen. Because I would have probably, I mean... 
truth be told, Pastor Ian, I'm going to say, well, mommy, you sent me here, or daddy, you sent me here, but they weren't there, so I come back home. But because he was in the here I am, I'm going to fa- to do what my father told me to yeah, do. Yeah. He went on to, to, to Dothan, and there he met his brothers. And they said they saw him a way off, right? They didn't say Joseph is coming, but they said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. I like when sometimes the haters have to call you by what the gift they yes, see in you. Yes, Speak to did. that fact. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, and that's just amazing, you know, that that somehow even out of the mouths of the haters, as you say, validation will come. Uh, the affirmation to the gift, to the call. You know, I mean, even on the cross. <laughs> yes. Even on the cross, yes. Jesus' haters and the very ones who were to kill him had to affirm, here lies. He's the king of the Jews. He is the king. Um, and that's just how, you know, God sets us up. Um, that even in their hating, they will make it known. They will establish, you know, what it really is. What is really locked inside of us. The gift, the call, the talents, the abilities. And they don't even know that sometimes they are too establishing with their words yes. what it is. Yes, that's that's powerful. Okay. They are establishing it oh. because they're speaking it. Oh, yes, <laughs> that that is good, Pastine. What I like too about this is so they they called him the dreamer, and acknowledging the gift, yet they still conspired. Yeah. to kill him. Yeah. It's, it's funny that sometimes people can see the gift in you, yes. yet they want to cancel you out. And so there it was, his brothers conspired to kill him. But I thank God that even among the sibling rivalry, there's a Reuben. Yeah. God always has God. someone looking out for you thank in the God. midst of those who may not mean you well. And so Reuben said to them, shed no blood, shed no but blood. cast him into this pit. Yeah. And that's where we get the pit to the palace. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he says, cast him into this yes. pit, which is in the wilderness, right? Yeah. Um, and do not lay a hand on him. That lay a hand on him reminds me of, of Job and when God said, don't lay a hand on his life. You, you can do anything else, but don't lay a hand on his life. That he may deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So Reuben was planning on rescuing him. And of course, that didn't happen. What, what then do you say and, and how in, in the past of your own life, um, Pastor Ian, have you seen God provide you with a Reuben? Yeah, I believe, and sometimes you know, as I as I listen to you, you know, share that situation with with Reuben now, calling out his brothers for their devious, sinister plan to kill him. Um, I, I say sometimes that sometimes Reuben is not even saved. Oh, Reuben doesn't even really <laughs> always have you know good intentions altogether. You know, sometimes this plan may not be as sinister. But I'll tell you this. It, it tells me a couple of things. One, that the purpose and the plan of God will will always prevail. Um, that somehow God will always uh, provide the ram in the thicket. He will always uh, pro- provide a way of escape. He will always uh, bring deliverance. Because ultimately he sees the end from the beginning because he is Alpha and Omega and he already knew the level of deliverance that he needed to bring to those very ones perpetrating this very heinous act. Um, and so so it, it also speaks to the love, to the, to the care that our Father has. Um, you know, the God who stays on a cross for the people who are killing him and the God who allows these guys to go ahead and to concoct this plan for their own salvation um, later on down the road. But it really speaks to how caring God is. He will look past even the nastiness of our everyday doing 
just to save us. And, and you're right. God is very intentional uh, about saving us. And you talked about God's divine providence. When we when we started this the story last week, and you mentioned, you briefly mentioned, and I know we quickly moved over it. We talked about the favor that um, um, Joseph's father had for him that he made him a coat. And this coat was a, a beautiful coat. The coat is referenced to having a coat of many colors. And so we saw, we see now where the envy and the jealousy that the brothers had to him, it wasn't just enough for them to put him in the pit, but they wanted to strip him. So many times people see us, things that, that people have favored us with, right? And they want to strip us of it. They, they want, they're, they're thinking that maybe the, the anointing is in the coat, Maybe you, you only act a certain way because of how you dress or because of who your name is. And so they, we see them stripping him of, of his coat and then casting him into the pit. Uh, what I like about that, or what I, I, I wouldn't say what I like, but what I found perplexing is that after doing all this evil, Pastor Ian, this, the verse 25 says, Genesis 37 verse 25 says, And they sat down to eat a meal. Mm-hmm. Like as if, <laughs> talk to tell me, man. How could people eat at the point of yeah. causing you so much pain and conflict? Yeah, I'll tell you this. I mean, because you know, you talk about how people uh, are so deliberate, so intentional in stripping, uh, in trying to detract from what God has gifted you uh, and and other persons with. How they're comfortable doing it, because the truth is, sometimes so much of this uh, dream assassination happens, mm-hmm. sadly and unfortunately, in the body of Christ. Oh my! Um, you know, because we are very sometimes intent, we are very deliberate sometimes in you know, it's just not just a worldly thing in always seeing the bad, always seeing the evil. And my grandmother used to say, "The good you do, uh, people write that in the air." <laughs> But the bad that you do, they go in looking for a chisel because they're going to carve that in stone. They want to remember that forevermore. And sometimes they, uh, what is perceived in their mind to be bad, uh, like this, like the dreams, perceived only to be bad, uh, they remember it forevermore. So much so that that's all they saw him as. And so sadly and unfortunately, you know, here comes the dreamer. We have to strip him off. We have to deny him off. This thing will never happen. It will never come to fruition. And so in our, in our, in our best attempt, we are going to assassinate not just the character, uh, but we're going to assassinate all of what Joseph brings with him, uh, the anointing, the gifts, the talents. And we do it far too often. And, and God help us. What I like also, um, Pastor Ian, about this story is that going back to the divine providence that you spoke about, that once God wants it to happen, it will happen, is that earlier we saw where Reuben came to Joseph's rescue. Mm-hmm. Now, there was the story goes on to say that there was some Ishmaelites passing, and we see now Judah coming to his rescue. Because Judah is saying, hey, look, we leave him in this pit pretty much and he's going to die. What profit? Now, how is it? It's not enough for you to, to want to destroy me, but you want a profit? You want to, what is, and as he's saying, how do we benefit from this? And there we see they barter yeah. on his life. In essence, they sell him into slavery um, um, for him to go down to Egypt for 20 pieces of silver. Is, is You, you, you yeah. put him in the pit. You eat. You have a party afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Then now you you want well well if he's dead we don't really benefit that but let's see how we can make it keen. Yeah. 
Let, let's talk about, let's flesh that out in terms of the 20 pieces of silver. It talks about another bartering that, that we talk about in the New Testament. And you, I think you, you brought this to light with the beginning of, of, of your history, your, your Sunday school history, which I believe is Church of God, a prophecy oh, Sunday yeah. school history. Surely, surely. Talk to me and, and share with me, how does that, what is that, what is the significance of that bartering on your life? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how does that, um, Translate or where we see that bartering on the life of Jesus in the New Testament. Yeah, definitely a type of Christ. So um, the selling for the 20 pieces of silver, similar to the selling of the 30 pieces in the case of Jesus, um, you know, there's definitely some similarity there. But I think, again, it goes to, you know, the enemy's involvement in using people to make their, make their attempt to, uh, to eradicate some plan, some purpose that is on the trajectory for glory, for success. Yes. And so when the enemy, just as God gives birth to something great in our lives and God has purposed and he has deposited something in every one of us, the enemy sees it and it is his everyday effort and attempt to nullify it, to kill it, and he will use whomever. Um but the beautiful thing is, um, you know, my mind consistently goes to John chapter, uh, I believe, three or four, where Jesus said, listen, I have needs to go through Samaria. There is someone uh, who I am predestined to meet, uh, someone who's going to be at a well, <laughs> and she's going to need a little dose of this living water. Yes. And so all of the, you know, we see in the life of Joseph, particularly at this point in his life, God, in the intricate details, he could not go with the Ishmaelites. Um, Judah had to open his, raise his voice. <laughs> the, the man of praise had to, had to speak now uh, on behalf of Joseph so that, um, so that where he needed to go for the deliverance that was about to come, he could actually go. So, Pastor Ian, one other thing as we wrap up this segment I, I want us to end here today was the fact that how when we do unjustly by good people, how we have to lie to try to um, justify our actions because their intent was to harm him. They, they, they did not end up killing him, but they ended up selling him. And then what they did is they had to give a good report to the father. And I think similarly, we see Christians doing that today. Um, we're, we're, we're hurting God's people. We're hurting um, God's people, and yet we're, we're, we're embellishing it. And so the, the story talks about the same tunic. They killed a goat. They killed an animal and used bloodied the tunic up to report back to the father as if some wild beast or whatever had killed him. As we wrap up today's session, and there's somebody who's listening that feels as if they're Joseph. They feel where there is a conspiracy theory about their lives. They're feeling as if those that are dearest to them do not see them as a dreamer, does not acknowledge the gift in them. What words of hope as we wrap up the session you want to leave them with? Yeah. I think it's so important. You know, we talk often, Dr. Gandhi, about about church hurt, and people, you know, often lament about how, um, you know, the deepest wounds that they've ever experienced in their life happened right in their own house. And by the, by the house, we mean the house of God, the, the place where we should, you know, have the balm of healing and restoration and reconciliation. And 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 I believe, you know, if if we don't take anything from the life of Joseph. One of the things that we have to look at is his excellent spirit. His excellent spirit 
to not hold in the envy, the malice, uh, the hatred, even for his brothers. In fact, you know, unfortunately, just I just need to fast forward to the end of the story <laughs> and just look at that encounter that he had with his brothers when he should have had, you know, feelings of anger and frustration and want, and wanting vengeance. Uh, the only thing that he had was what Christ has for us, and that is the spirit of compassion, the spirit of love, because he recognized that all of what he encountered, all of what he went through, all of the evil that was intended for his life was to be the blesser that he then became. And so listen, all of the hurt, all of the nasty things they said that they did, all of the horrible lies that they told was simply so that you could position yourself, God could, could position you to be at a place where you are better able, where you are better equipped, where you are now skilled and qualified to be a blessing. Uh, and listen, you cannot be a blessing until you have gone through this experience. You cannot really spin around and go to the place of the palace until you have been dragged through in some in some instances. So go through that church hurt. Go through all of that talking. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of nasty, trapsy, horrible things about you <laughs> yes. for my name's sake. Blessed, the word says you are. Well, Pastor Ian, I, I don't think I should add anything else to there. I think that's a good place to stop. Thank you again. And I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you next week. Thank you for listening to another Soul Story podcast. See you again next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Soul Story Podcast. For more information, visit my website, candythompson.com, or follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Transformative Soul Care.